Arian Simone. Child, I have a name that you are going to want to write down and keep with you as you continue to grow and evolve on your journey. Today, I want to introduce you or present to some a woman who is so authentic, so kind, such a lover and champion of women that it's going to inspire you to want to do the exact same. Not only does she have a dope brand called Fearless that is helping to inspire women to literally go after their dreams and ambitions without fear, but she also started a venture capital fund. And I'm not sure how much you know about venture capital funds, but usually the people of color, women of color, women of color with pink wigs are not necessarily a part of that industry. And yet she went in there and she started to blaze a trail that we're gonna be benefiting from for years to come. Here's my friend, Arian Simone. Hey, girl. Hey. hey. How are you? I'm wonderful. And you? Good. Now, you better be beat now. Oh, girl, I had to. Let me tell you, the delegation was not about to come for me. <laughs> don't send me no... I don't need no raft, folks. I'm on dry land. You look... <laughs> you look absolutely amazing. How are you? Oh, thank you. I'm in great spirits. I'm in great spirits. A lot going on. It's heavy. But I am in great spirits. Great house. I work remotely primarily, yeah. so this is not like a huge adjustment in that. But yeah, I'm trying to be How sensitive is- to that because I do work remotely too. Or I mean, I work, you know, like you, I, I work for myself, so mm-hmm. I can choose where I want to work. And so my, and then I decided to homeschool Mackenzie earlier this year. So just in August, I was like, we travel so much. I want to try homeschooling so that I could spend more time with her. And so I'm being sensitive to the fact that my life has not drastically shifted in a way that I know it has for a lot of people. And sometimes I'll be doing, I'll know that I'll be frustrated and it'll be heavy for me. So I can only imagine for people whose life literally changed overnight what that's like. Yeah, and abruptly. Yeah, abruptly, overnight. And I mean, it has not been, not to say that it hasn't been challenging, but even with its challenges, I can only imagine, you know, how much more weight and responsibility is on everyone, uh, regardless Mm -hmm. of where they are in life. That is so true. So this is going to be, oh, no, thank you for being on. This is going to be so easy. Um, So I do the Woman Evolve podcast where we talk about like hot topics and stuff. But I wanted to do something a little bit differently since most people are isolated. This is just an opportunity for them to hear the stories of women who I admire, have been inspired by to really understand their journey of, you know, being lost and found in the process of evolving. So I don't have any like set questions. I'm going to just kind of kick it off and we're going to see where the conversation takes us. I'm here for it. And thank you for having me. And that you would even say that admire and story. That's that's flattering. I mean, Arian Simone, a boss, the (laughs) boss, babe, please. You are 
everywhere and you are everywhere in style with grace with class and but also this real relatable tangible I call it homegirl energy like you just give us all of the homegirl energy like I want to take her to dinner but I also want to pick her brain about my business and you have since I have followed you always been so authentic and so transparent and I cannot wait I know I'm presenting to most but maybe introducing to some the gift that is your life and your presence so thank you thank you for doing this oh thank you so this series is all about learning about not just the highlights and I think the highlights are so easy to see you know we can google someone and go on their social media and really understand who they are but I really wanted to understand what it cost you to be who you are and where you came from and the things you had to overcome inwardly because I think a lot of times when people are on the pursuit of purpose or on the pursuit Mm -hmm. of destiny and what's inside of them when they are are encountered by what's in them that is keeping them I think the outward obstacles we kind of plan for what if the bank doesn't give us the money what if I don't have Mm -hmm. the support but I feel like there are so many inward things that we have to overcome in order to even be positioned properly to take root and produce fruit what do you think has been the main area within yourself that you had to confront acknowledge and overcome in order to even get started Oh, gosh. The main thing I would say inwardly is truly tapping into the child that I was created to be. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is when you look at a child that's between the ages of one through five, they are truly, truly fearless. Like they're truly, truly fearless. They don't have any, any worries about life in general. They just go for things and they do it without reservation. And that used to be me all the time, but as an adult and just living life, you know, the world can put different limitations on you. People can speak in your ear. Things can happen to where you may not have that same level of just freedom and fearlessness mentally always. So having to always go back to that, I, um, when you were talking about, we always talk about, you know, the highlight reels. I was prepping my next post and then I was like, oh shoot, it's about to be three o'clock. Let me hop off. And it's about, it was actually about that. And it was called betting on yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was explaining that with like this third book I'm doing that I had got called in to Simon and Schuster to Harper Collins, like all these major publishers. And the next thing, you know, all of this like fell apart. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to have to bet on myself again and get the courage to bet on myself again. And that's just more so where I was at, like, oh, God, I was rereading the stuff that I wrote for the people to myself because mm-hmm. I was like, and you have to encourage yourself through this right now and be prepared to just deal with what you may think is failure. Just you know it's another opportunity. So I would say I have to, I do. I have to constantly remind myself, Erin, you're still the five year old child that was willing to speak mm. up about anything, to do whatever you wanted to do and just go for it. But like I say, as life goes on and situations and circumstance happens, you know, it can sometimes take a toll on you. So I have to go back to that child that had no worries, that child that had no fears, that child that was just, you know, in bliss. When you look at Mackenzie, true, she's like, oh, girl, you can see her, her, all, her and all her glory and her energy. She's just ready to take on the world. Yeah. And we have to remember that that's who we still are, that the only person... You didn't give, how should I put it? We're still that person. 
the only way that something's gone with it is because we opted to give it away. Mm. No one took it from us. We opted to give those pieces of, of ourselves away. But children, they just have it naturally. I'm sorry. I know I'm rambling. No. But I was having a moment before we had, I had to hop on the podcast. And I was like, Erin, you have to dig, dig in. But go ahead. No, this notion of you have to bet on yourself. And I think what you're really saying is you have to bet on the highest version of yourself Mm -hmm. because there are so many dimensions to who we are. When you say that, I think back to on my own life, I really feel like I when I got pregnant at 13 that I blocked out everything that happened before then. And like my life began at the point that my trauma met me. And I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. only allow their life to be defined by that moment when trauma, disappointment, discouragement met them. And they forget before you experience that pain, before you experience that trauma, there was a version of you that knew how to laugh out loud. There was a version of you who was alive in the world and present and connected with all of the possibilities. And sometimes it's so hard to reach past what you have experienced in order to lay hold of that person. But it's so necessary when you're talking about betting on yourself. I'm just thinking about all of the women who I know in order to manifest their destiny are going to have to be willing to bet on themselves again. But to be honest, sometimes it is exhausting to constantly be betting on yourself. (laughs) It, it definitely is. And that, that for me was like a huge disappointment this around because I just thought I had the comfort of this support that I thought was going to be there and all these things. And I was like, you know what, Arian, you got to put on your big girl panties and just bet on yourself again. and It's going to be okay. And that is so true. I've been betting on myself. I've only worked one job in my adult life for 30 days. Mm-hmm. I have been betting on myself day to day ever since I, um, after school, I got a job working for Nellie's Apple Bottoms for 30 days after college. And I just thought this was like the beginning of everything. I said, oh, this is all great. I have this job. And um, after 30 days, I got laid off doing product placement there. And that's just pretty much what happened. And I had to realize, Erin, you have to bet on yourself. And I've been doing it ever since. And I have no regrets. So that's like, I guess I say the cliff note to that story. But I've been an entrepreneur since, and I was an entrepreneur actually prior to, and yeah, I've been betting on myself. And so what is the greatest note of encouragement that you have to constantly give yourself when you are betting on yourself? Maybe there's someone who's about to bet on themselves for the very first time, mm-hmm. and they don't have the support that they feel like they need, and they're not even sure that they have what it takes on the inside to do it. What would you tell that person? When you are equipped. Of course, things may go through your head and you have to cast those voices out. But the reality is you are equipped. You're equipped with everything that you need to do. You know, all the things that you need in order to do whatever it is that you need to do. So when it says that God supplies all our need, it's just the truth. You know, if it hasn't been supplied, then you don't need it to do whatever you're supposed to be doing at that moment. Anything you have to do at that moment, you've already been fully supplied. You're fully, fully equipped. That's first and foremost. Um, and second of all, I would definitely encourage that person to make sure they're around a community of people that support them. That to me is, is key. Um, being around the proper energy, the right people, it will put you in a place to where you have that encouragement constantly. If you can't get it from yourself, you can pull on somebody else in that moment. That's why I definitely love the community of women that you have honestly built. Um, they are so honest and transparent and real, just the whole experience of women involved. I was like, this is next level. <laughs> this is 
No, it is. It's truly next level. And I mean, from all walks of life, I was coaching a lady that happened to watch the video, the playback the other day from your conference. And she had never been to church or anything. Wow. And I was just like, wow. I was like, this is amazing. This is truly reaching people from all walks of life. But just that you do have your cheerleading crowd, I do encourage that. I'm big on sisterhood. I'm big yeah. on fellowship. I definitely encourage that, you know, one, search within, you have everything you need. That's first and foremost. Do have a cheerleading crowd. I, d- I definitely believe in that. It, it definitely will go a long way. And three, I would definitely say, I would definitely say just spend some time being very introspective um, and just seeing there was something you said that was so powerful. And I just went into deep thought about that when we were at the conference when you were saying um, about like, well, God, show me what you know about me that I don't know about myself. Yeah. Like that was my constant prayer after that. Just Lord, show me what you know about me that I don't know about myself. Cause that is so true. That is so true. He created us to be these amazing beings, to be Jesus hands and feet in the earth. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what do you know about me? God, that I don't know about myself. Please let me know. But I would definitely, I would charge them to even say that prayer. Because that that was truly powerful for me. I would charge them to even say that. What I love about that introspection, God, show me what you know about me that I don't know about myself. I think one of the greatest ways that we manifest that prayer is not just in asking God to show us the good stuff, but I think sometimes there are some thought patterns and practices that we have implemented even to protect ourselves, that when we ask God to show us what he knows about us, that we have to be willing to see the things that may be a little bit challenging or that may require us to let our walls down like someone who maybe says they want to be in relationship but are intentional about making sure that they don't let people in you know so you've got to ask God to really show you what am I doing in my life possibly that is keeping me from really becoming everything that you have in mind and I don't think that there is any greater relationship that we can have than the one that we have with ourselves and a lot of times we see people who are so persistent about wanting to be in a relationship with someone, but it's like, you got to be willing to be in relationship with yourself first. And I think God mm-hmm. teaches us how to be in relationship with ourselves and ultimately others. That is so true. I remember we were sitting there at the conference and you were like, you said something about a boo or a Boaz or something to me. And like, <laughs> Let them know basically what you were trying to get at was basically what living on purpose looks like. And it is, it's, it's so fulfilling. There are people who are, how should I put this? There are people who, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Mm. And there's a, there's a difference between being alone, being lonely, and there's a difference between being single and, of course, being married. And there are people who are married who are lonely. Right. You know, so, and it comes with the, that, that fulfillment of life. People can be single, you can be alone, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily lonely. Yeah. You know, when you're living out your purpose, that, that is that is very fulfilling. You feel whole, you feel fulfilled. Um, so that was just something I thought about when you were just talking right then as far as just, you know, just living in your purpose, that you, you feel fulfilled when you're, when you're doing that. You know, and you do have to go and look at those places in your life that you're like, okay, what adjustments can I be making? What needs to be removed here? Um, we're always growing. Yeah. We're always evolving. We're growing day by day. I, I love my morning time with God. Like it is so price, it's so priceless, so sacred to me. 
because I am I'm like, okay, what do I need to be changing about myself? What new habits do I need to be doing? How, how do I need to be growing in this area of my life if I want to see di- different things manifest, you know, on my behalf? So you're washing your hands, you're wearing your gloves, you're minding your business, but sis, are you purifying your air? Don't worry, I've got a solution to a problem you didn't even know you had. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. Molecule's technology has been personally effective and verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. Molecule has given allergy and asthma sufferers around the country an all new experience. Molecule now offers breakthrough PECO technology across a range of products, providing a solution for the entire home when it comes to air purification. Best of all, it's not the traditional air purifier. It's beautifully designed. For a limited time, you can receive 10% off your first air purifier order. Visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and at checkout, enter Evolve. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. To the extent that you're comfortable, when is the last time you saw something about yourself that you said, you know what, I really need to change that? Oh, recently. (laughs) (laughs) To the extent that you're comfortable sharing. (laughs) Oh, I'm comfortable sharing. It's actually somebody I'm seeing. Oh, she better. Come on now. (laughs) Tell us. You better. Okay, come on. I feel like I'm telling too much in the podcast. So like, <laughs> fair, fair enough, I do not put that stuff on social media. But yeah. Um, and he and he he did it in a very gentle way though. But he he let me know, Aaron, you take you, I take so many things personal, and I was just Ooh. like, <laughs> <laughs> she's sensitive. <laughs> oh, I've heard this one before. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I was like, he said, you're personalizing that. That actually has nothing to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I said, you know what? I'm so glad that you get me to a like a point of center, but with comfort. Yeah. Like you're not coming at me very judgmental. You're not coming at me like you need to change this and you need to change that. You're just pr- purely offering an observation and a suggestion. Okay. And that's why I was able to receive it. Let me tell you something. These observations mm-hmm. that come when you're dating someone. Or married to someone are really something else because there is nothing like having someone so close to you that they are now dissecting how you show up in the world and how you see the world. To your point, not necessarily in a judgmental way, but to really ask, like, why are you why do you respond that way? I will never forget when I found out that I was defensive. My husband basically told me, like, I can't say anything to you without you getting an attitude. And I'm like, well. That's fine. (laughs) He's like, no, that's not fine. On the contrary, you have to be open to hearing areas where you could stand to have some growth or some stretching. But you know what I think it is? I think it's hard for me to hear that because I have been running from this idea that I did something wrong for most of my life. So anytime anyone tells me that I did something wrong, it is a reminder to me that maybe I could be wrong. And then I had to embrace the fact that you are going to be wrong sometimes and that is okay. And it's okay to grow and become better, but you can't live in this space where you can only hear what you did well. And anytime someone challenges you in a way to grow, you get sensitive. 
It's the truth. <laughs> it is. It is. It is definitely the truth. I'm. I'm enjoying the journey, though. I'm definitely enjoying the journey. Okay, so I mean, you're dating someone. Mm-hmm. And what is it like dating? I have so many. Okay, this is what I'm going to say. I have so <laughs> many beautiful, intelligent friends who are like these women who could change your world if you let them in like I mean not like just someone you're going to have to drag along the journey who adds no value but I mean someone who Mm -hmm. is going when you get them you get help you get support you get loyalty why where are the men at where did you find him sis I have friends that I need (laughs) to put down what what is it like dating in a world are men intimidated by your success did you have to shrink to kind of make room or did you have to at least show him where you needed someone because I do think there's a difference between shrinking versus revealing places where you are vulnerable so that someone knows that there is a need for you to be for them to be in your life teach us (laughs) teach us um I would say that the current climate with dating I would encourage all women to keep their light on Mm. what I mean by that is so often through past hurts and relationships you become guarded yeah and you you don't realize that you don't appear as bright Mm. so when it comes to going out and being around people make sure that you're smiling keep your light on you know make sure that you're greeting people with a smile that's all they want to do is see an invitation where they can approach the second thing that they smile you smile they got eye contact they will move in on what they're comfortable with moving in but if you feel guarded or you come off with guarded energy or dark energy that doesn't feel inviting because a man does not want to be rejected right so they they need to feel welcome in your presence you have said something of all of the single advice i have ever heard anyone give that is the first time i've ever heard that and you're right you know before i married my husband like there is something to having your light on Mm mm-hmm that's what i would definitely say at first definitely keep keep your light on Keep your light on. There were top of year was plenty of people. I was walking around with my light on everywhere. From the north to south, east to west. I said, "Oh my gosh!" I, said, I got to like narrow this thing down. I got to narrow this thing down. But um, yeah, one of my girlfriends actually introduced me to this person, and they knew them well and knew me well. So it was definitely. I would definitely also offer that too. If you're like, okay, I'm meeting a lot of people, but nothing's kind of landing, then talk to your friends that you trust and then just say, hey, you know, I'm, 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 I'm interested in dating and meeting people, not desperate, just interested in seeing. And then, and if they, they know, they know you well enough to know it works. I even told your husband that. <laughs> I, did. I did. I said, okay, PC, if you happen to see anybody, this is after I got called out at the conference. I was like, oh, let me stop. <laughs> I said, if you know anybody that's qualified, I said, because I don't have time for any foolishness. But he was like, no, I got you. He said, you're doing it right. You're not doing it at all. I said, yes, I can agree with you on that. Um, But yeah, I was definitely introduced by a friend. So I would definitely tell people to, one, keep your light on, and two, um, just work your contacts within your network and just see what what they think would be a good fit as well, too. 
What I love about you is just how honest you are. I was on your social media the other day and you were talking specifically to people who maybe um, was experiencing a job loss or the economy had mm-hmm. turned and you were sharing about how you were homeless at a point in your life. And mm-hmm. I can you've had so many incredible triumphs, but also there were trials connected to that. And it's hard to keep your light on when you have seen really dark days. And so I mm-hmm. want to talk for a minute about you preserving the light in the middle of the dark and how you kept hope alive when you were living in your car how where was your light then how did you find that light to keep moving and pushing and growing and creating yes okay and I I didn't get to touch on it too much in the post but I definitely learned some things along the way through that process Um, I was living out my car for seven months in Los Angeles and I learned that one day I literally got up because <laughs> I was like, you cannot beat yourself up. You're going to have to figure out how to encourage yourself through this. And I have this thing where I've just learned to dance in the rain. Mm-hmm. That despite situation, despite circumstance, I make a deliberate choice to have fun. Now, in me doing that, I did some things that I don't necessarily encourage other people to do. But I snuck into the BET Awards. I snuck into parties. I did what I wanted to do at that time. <laughs> my life, I was 23. And I said, I'm going to have fun. And that's what I chose to do. And it definitely did encourage me. Um, I'm just a very big believer in positive energy and positive results. So I, I had to keep my energy up. I was like, Aaron, you've got to have fun. You've got to find joy. You've got to be surrounded by a lot of feel-good things. And you're right. When you're dealing with rejection, and mind you, I applied for 153 jobs and nobody hired me. At that point, the weight of rejection starts to get so heavy. Yeah. Because you feel like, well, am I good for anything? Mm -hmm. Like, it gets heavy, heavy. And I was just like, Aaron, you're going to have to rip these papers up. You're going to have to figure this out. And you're going to have to choose to do something fun in this moment, even if it was just that going to be for a temporary point of happiness. I was like, let's just choose right now that I'm going to have fun. And now I'm at a place where I'm very big on like my gratitude journal. Like if I feel my energy shifting through the day, I pull out my gratitude journal and I just write the things that I'm grateful for. And at this point of just maturity and of just growth, it could be the simplest things from the birds chirping. Yeah. So like the other day I got excited about a can of soup. <laughs> like I was happy about a can of soup. I was like, I am eating y'all. I got a can of soup. Like I was just happy over the smallest thing. And I would definitely encourage anybody in a dark space to be grateful. And gratitude will definitely open a lot of doors. And don't get me wrong, I'm not dismissing the fact that things can get hard. I'm not dismissing the fact that things can definitely get dark. But you want to hold on to the light that you do have. Because then as you can hold on to it and hold on to it, you're going to shine a little bit brighter. And then you're going to shine a little bit brighter. And to the next thing you know, trust me, you'll be shining. You know what? I was preaching at Activate LA and will activate online now. And one of the things I talked about is how if we maintain the posture of honor when we are honoring God for the things that he does, Mm -hmm. that we will continue to see more things that God has done and is doing in any particular season, which is really hard, especially in seasons like now when fear is receiving more honor than God. You know what I mean? Where we are honoring fear and honoring anxiety more than we are honoring honoring God 
God. And I think what you're talking about, even down to a can of soup, like that's funny, but that can of soup is a blessing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to really see it as a blessing, like I opened my eyes this morning, that's a blessing. My bills may not be paid. I may not know about the job yet, but I am going to acknowledge where there is honor right now so that I can be postured. I think and you, I think you model this so well. I think opportunity is about posture, that you are in a posture that attracts the opportunities that are going to lead you to your next, that the relationships that are going to lead you to your next are attracted to where you are postured. And I think that when you are postured in darkness, when you're postured in insecurity, when you're postured in anxiety, you attract those things to you. And, you know, I, this isn't the law of attraction, but I am talking about just the reality of you being mm-hmm. gathered. When the wheat and the tear are gathered together, that tear, your insecurities, your anxieties are gathered and you create more people who are gathered in those moments. And so to make a decision to say, I'm only going to stand in what has substance, what adds value and growth to my advancement so that I can continue to be connected to people who honor and value that as well. And I think you've monitored, uh, modeled that so well. I see so many of the women that you are connected to have your same spirit and there's something to be said about not just being connected to women for the sake of being connected to women and to having this baddie circle although some kind of way your circle is full of baddies I don't know if there's some type of screening that we have to go through, but you have women who are not just beautiful on the outside but on the inside as well Yes, I, I, I love my girlfriends. I, I can't even lie. Um, that that has truly been a blessing, and we do. We we get on a Monday morning prayer call. I mean, we go in. It it is truly where we are. I don't know if I, it's appropriate to say from ratchet to righteous. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that's totally. That's totally. You're at home. That's totally appropriate. <laughs> yes, we we definitely are a great group of people. I have no complaints. But no, there's no type of. Of rec- uh, prerequisite, <laughs> 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 nothing like that at all. Nothing like that at all. But it is. It does. It does. It shows. Like you said, you start to draw that amongst yourself when you possess that type of spirit and that type of energy, and truly just walk in that. That God will definitely open those kind of doors for you. Okay, so would you say that being homeless was like one of those like lowest moments of your life? What do you think it's been? Yeah, I would imagine so. But people, oh, definitely. Yeah. most definitely. Um, I've had a couple. I definitely say I've had a couple. And yeah, I would definitely say that. And I don't know if it was the homelessness versus the actual rejection. Mm. And that's what I mean by that. Like, I was rejected from that job. I was rejected from all the other jobs that I was going for. I was, I would say more so just the rejection. You know, we, we get so used to being accepted. You're in your parents' house. And if you choose to go off to school, you're off to school. And I mean, I was so used to being like a token child, like a student, very few Bs, even when they would show up. Um, I was, I was a token child. I was always celebrated. And so next thing you know, it was just like, whoop, what happened? The applause is over. Who's here? Like it was, it was definitely very abrupt. And it was definitely a point of, I would say it was more so the rejection versus not having a place at that time to call home. Um, luckily, thank God, after seven months, I was definitely in a house again. But I would definitely say it was the rejection of that. 
I had another point where I was just like laid out on the floor, which was when I moved to Atlanta in 2013. And I have no problem with sharing this, but I, I got an um, audit from the IRS. And they were like, you have a whole lot of cash. It was six figures. Um, misclassified. And I was just like, well, what is going on? It actually was my giving that actually triggered the audit. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Because um, they just weren't used to seeing people give that much in comparison to either what they made or beyond the threshold of what was the write-off. And I just fell on the floor and cried because I was just like, okay, this amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> you want me to give you this? That's not happening right now. And I was just on the floor. My mom like, mom, I've worked so hard. I've done everything just to get to this place that I'm at. How could this be happening to me? And I knew I was in the right place when I went to the IRS office. Was literally, I got in there. And the lady was playing, oh, gosh, I think I wrote it down at some point, though. But she had gospel music on, which mm. let me know, okay, okay, thank All you. All right, now. <laughs> I was like, I said, oh, man, you listen to that? And she was just like, yeah, I said, okay, I get him. I said, are you Christian? She said, I am, and so I'm in the right place. I said, I need help. <laughs> I said, this is what's happening. I said, I need help. And literally, I feel like she was there just for the duration for me. Usually, they take three months for the audit. Took me nine months, which is longer than usual, but I had to get through it because it was over a quarter million dollars. So mm-hmm. I, I had to get through it. And she literally left that job right after that. Wow. And I was like, oh, thank God for an angel being here. But that was, I would say, a low point because I finally felt like I got to a place. Thank God I got through it. But I finally felt like I got to a place of, oh, I'm comfortable. And then boom, mm-hmm. I was just like, this just happened to me. But yeah, that was about seven years ago. But definitely, I would say the rejection of just looking for employment. And that's why I did create that post. So I'm devoting, you know, a day this week just to talk to those people and help those people with the plan for their own life. You know, they may just need encouragement. They may just need prayer. They may need, of course, finances. They may need a plan. But I said I will dedicate a full day of my work week just just to help those people. So I, I definitely know what that's like, and I'm definitely, you know, always willing to serve. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. You can connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can now get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Best of all, it's truly an affordable option. Woman Evolve with Sarah Jakes Roberts listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code EVOLVE. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com evolve. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with the counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com evolve. So many people think that once they get to that place of comfortability that they won't have any low moments. But I think what you're sharing with us is just evidence that there's always going to be some type of fight, but that there's also provision in the midst of that fight. It wasn't like sometimes we'll pray that God will send the audit away. And he's like, no, you're going to have to go through this audit, but I'm going to strategically place people along the path that are going to help you. I wonder, so you got to that place of comfortability. Walk us through that 
journey. So from homeless to finally making a, a place where you feel comfortable, when was the moment where you realized, like, I don't have to be afraid of that anymore? I'm not, how should I put this? I'm not afraid of it because I, I, I can be completely, completely, I can see where I'm at right now. Yeah. And when this hit, this was no joke, and I have been still the whole time. God had me still before the pandemic hit, thank God. Mm-hmm. But this, if somebody were, like, my financial lady, right when this this, this started, came over, she was just like, hey, what the heck is going on? <laughs> I was like, I'm being still. <laughs> I said, I'll be okay. I mean, the reality is I will be okay. Even if I wasn't okay, but I mean, still, even on paper, I look okay. So I said, when this happened, of course, all our speaking engagements just went out the window. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's kind of like my emergency fund. What the heck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> then we do, Fearless has three arms. We have our venture arm, our philanthropic arm, and we have our brand arm, which is our pretty much like our working day-to-day arm. For, and we do a lot of event activation. Well, all the events just went out the window too. Yeah. So I was like, okay, all that's taken off the table. Um, so I was like, we'll just figure it out. I said, this is what we always do. We figure it out. So you're right. At all levels, there's always going to be something to figure out. There's what you call at some point, you just got champagne problems. Shoot. There's something to always figure out. You always got to, um, there's always going to be something there to overcome. But yeah, right now I'm in the midst of that right now, but I'm just like, Hey, I'm, I'm at peace. I'm at joy. And I, I can see my growth because I can see, oh, I haven't panicked. I haven't fallen off or just screamed or anything like that. I'm like, I'm just going to take my time and just map it out. I don't know um, where that exact moment hit. I know I'm here now only because I see how I'm responding to it. Mm. But I don't know where, where exactly that hit to where I would respond like this. Somewhere along the journey between 2013 up until now, I definitely say I've been developing in that area to where that, you know, when things are high or things are low, that you just pretty much, you just cope. Yeah. And I didn't know that at 21 when I had my first business, when it was up, down, up, down, I kept thinking I was failing and I wasn't failing. I just wasn't patient, you know, Mm. I wasn't failing. Just wasn't patient. I wasn't failing. I just wasn't patient. That's a word. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it was the truth. So through time, I've just known, like, I'm like, oh, I've seen business ups and downs before. I'm like, you just coast. This, I would say, probably I would say 2013. Mm-hmm. When I got through the audit, it was like, after that, I think I've probably just been in that just coasting stage. So it was probably somewhere around there where it's just kind of like, Aaron, nothing's going to knock you off your square like that. So just just stay even killed. You'll be okay. You know, I love that so much because people think that there's going to be this sudden shift in your confidence, this sudden shift in your ability to look at the world. And I was trying to explain this, but I don't feel like I gave it full justice, but it suddenly happens as a result of consistent 
working towards suddenly. So like we have suddenly moments like when a woman has a baby, she suddenly goes from being pregnant to having a baby. But she went through 10 months of pregnancy before she had that suddenly moment that made her a mother. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's exactly what happens with our growth inwardly and spiritually is that we go from I want to be closer to God. I want to be closer to God to now I am depending exclusively on God. There's not necessarily this moment where everything shifts, but you keep trying and you keep putting effort towards it. And then eventually what you were putting effort towards becomes your reality. That is so true. And I feel like that's exactly what you shared with your story is that now you have a reality that came as a result of some some challenging times. And now your reality is majorly goals. The whole fearless brand and even the venture capitalist group that you guys have funded is I think it's just and so inspiring because it's letting us know that there are no limits on what we can do and I think especially um, I want to say there's this antiquated notion that you have to have beauty or brains or that you have to do it this way Mm -hmm. or that way and I feel like you found a way to kind of melt those all together did you have to be willing to be true to who you are, even if it didn't fit in some of maybe the corporate settings or industry settings where you were. And what was that like for you? I will definitely say when I, when I when we started the fund, I will definitely say that because we are disruptors in the venture capital Mm -hmm. industry. The industry is 80% white male. It's 2% African-American. And of that, that are women, it's much less than that. Sure. So we know who all pretty much the leaders are in the space that, that look like us. And we knew we were coming in very disruptive, just very much so. We are the first woman of color fund that is built by us for us. Not that we intended to be the first. We didn't know we were the first so much later. Yeah. So there's other people in the space that are women of color, but their thesis is actually different than ours. And it's just more broader. They may invest in women of color, but they also may invest in other diverse sectors or industries or whatever. So with that being said, yeah. So I'm walking in one of my meetings. I'm talking pink bob hair, curls, same, same <laughs> way I had on that woman. <laughs> and I know I said, I know people were probably like, okay, who are these women coming up in here to do this whole pitch presentation to us? And that's back into betting on yourself. I said, one thing I will bet on as there are women of color running a business. I said, I know the type of grit that we're going to bring to the table. I know that we've been scrappy from day one. I know we know how to bootstrap and figure it out. I said, we just haven't been given the same opportunities and the same chances that everybody else has with with the access to capital. I said, you put the right dollars in the right person's hand. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, you're going to get a good return on your investment. So, yeah, I would definitely say it's been, we've been disruptors in the space. And especially because there's a certain way they said, oh, well, you're not going to get necessarily institutional investors. It's, it's, it's fund one for you guys. Wait till like fund two, fund three cycles out the gate. So I was like, okay, everything people were saying that wouldn't happen did happen. Everything mm-hmm. that people were saying, this is how this typically looks. And I'm like, they do not know we're not typical people. And we're going to have to get it done however we choose to get it done. And just knowing that, I mean, if that's, if that's something that God has called you, he will give you the grace to get it done that way. So we just had to just walk in that and just knowing, hey, we may not look like the people, the rest of the people in the room. We may not do it the same way you do it too. 
And we don't claim to know it all, but we do have enough sense to equip as much people around us with enough counsel that do know what they're doing. It's been a very steep learning curve, but our advisors and the people on our investment committee, they are definitely very experienced and well-versed in this space. So, yeah, but yeah, to answer your question, just being willing to go for it and do it like um, against the norm, I guess you would say. I can only imagine the look on their faces when you came in there with your pink bob on. Like, (laughs) (laughs) is that an intentional, you know, like when it's time to pick out your wig in the morning and you're like, I have this meeting today for my venture capital fund and which wig should I wear? And you put on the pink wig. Like, what do you say to yourself? Is it like, you know what? They're going to get me and my resume is going to speak for itself. Like, did you think maybe I should go black? Maybe like, how did, (laughs) how did you get that confidence? I was intentional with that. I'm not even going to lie. Because I said I'm going to leave here being remembered. Mm. So I was intentional with that. I said, you know what, Arian? You got this pink wig. You, you probably need to pull it out for this. <laughs> <laughs> like, make it happen. And first I got the wig done because I just thought it was cute. <laughs> but when it came to this, I was like, okay, you're going to probably have to go, go in. You got to be remembered. You're going to have to. I remember that's what somebody said. They're like, you know, you're rocking this meat. And I said, well, thank you. And I just kept on going. But I was, I, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely intentional. I think it's um, worth not- noting, though, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm sorry to cut ahead, you off. So you're I, fine, I'm rambling. No, I think it's <laughs> worth noting you had on a pink wig, but you did your homework too. You wanted to be remembered, but it wasn't just because of the wig. You also knew that you had done your homework and done your research. I think sometimes we are so busy trying to make a statement that when we actually get the microphone, we have nothing to say. So I want to commend you for not just making a lasting impression by your appearance, by also, but also by what you brought into the room with your homework with your knowledge with the history and the vision that you had for your business because i know you it the pink wig was the icing on a fully baked cake cake. (laughs) yes the deck was prepared our research was done we know our stats i mean we can go from a to z like it's like it's no tomorrow they're always i would definitely say every meeting we go into everybody's always very impressed um but it's I have to also remember, I don't go in the meeting just representing me. Mm. I go in the meeting representing everybody that looks like me. Yeah. So these are so many doors where the me's are not necessarily in the room. Yeah. So I know I have to be able to leave this door for the next black woman to come behind me and be able to walk through here with ease. So I don't even go in there with the mindset of, oh, we're in here for us. We need an additional $10 million for us. No, it's not like that. It's, oh, we have to make sure that we represent at a certain level to where this door stays open for everybody that looks like us to come behind us. Right. So, of course, we have, yeah, we go in there knowing our stuff. I think that you taking that responsibility is so wise and really so intentional. And I think that as people are listening, it's going to give them so much hope that an area where they have interest that you're out there blazing a trail and going ahead of them. I think you talk about me in the hands and feet of Jesus. That's literally making the crooked path straight for those who are coming up behind you. So I definitely want to commend you for that. We're about to close out, but I have to ask you, what gives you hope for the future and what makes you... Um, I don't want to say afraid, but maybe what do you think is an opportunity of growth for maybe us all as we navigate a future that has so much uncertainty with it? Ah. What gives me hope for the future? What gives me hope for the future? 
I would definitely like to say, what gives me hope for the future? It would be in the small things. It's not like it's a major thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The things when I was even talking about my gratitude list, the things that give me hope for the future are seeing a smile on somebody's face or hearing a positive testimony. I was reading the other day about somebody like delivering birth. They thought the baby wasn't going to be born or the baby they thought was dead and it was actually a oh, live I baby. Oh, that. that. Yeah. Yes, being born. Um, I would definitely say positive testimonies always give me hope. Um, there are just gentle reminders that you see and hear all the time that, you know, that God is still on the throne and that things are still happening. And I would definitely say positive testimony. They give me hope always. Um, you said in something, what was the other question? Just an area, not what makes you afraid. Cause I think, you know, fear is not, but what, where do you think we need to grow the most as a humanity, maybe as a people group in order to realize a better future in tomorrow for every person on the earth? I, I would hope, okay. An area of growth. I would hope that everybody would, would take this time out, especially what we're in right now, just to be self-aware. Because I did post about this, too, about we're getting a very big lesson in empathy. Mm, yeah. And what I mean by that is that there's sympathy when you have, you know, you feel sorry for someone else's misfortune. But when you're empathetic, you share the feelings of another. Yeah. And right now, the world is getting a lesson in empathy. Everybody can be empathetic to what is happening because it's happening to all of us. Now, it's affecting everybody on all different levels, but there's a certain level of empathy right now that's being shared across the globe. And that's one thing that I can say, like you said, this, the spirit of fear definitely is running rampant at a time like this. But on the other, on the flip side is everybody's getting this lesson of empathy of what it's like to share another person's feelings. Mm. And I think that is definitely an area of growth that everybody can grab hold of right now. Well, thank you. Thank you for being a light and for choosing to keep your light on, even as you're going through, you know, the changes that we're all going through with our events and speaking, you have committed to being a light. And that's why I know not only are you going to be fine, but you're going to come out on the other side of this with so much more innovation and creativity and confidence. And you're going to drag us along for the journey and we're going to become better as a result of it as well. So thank you for doing this. Thank you. I hope I wasn't rambling too much. I'm over here like somewhat. I'm like, okay, I'm nervous. Am I saying No, <laughs> it was great. It was absolutely great. You're going to help so many people. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love you. I can't wait to keep I stalking you, you on the Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> love you too. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care. Let's talk about takeaways. One of the things that I loved is her saying to keep your light on. You know, she was talking. I know that she was talking about being single and keeping your light on when single. But I think there's something about keeping your light on even when you're in a relationship and married. That same light and joy that was welcoming and inviting to your spouse to begin with. It's the same light that we got to strive to keep on even in the midst of socks on the floor, disagreements about finances, and raising a family. So whether you're single and ready to mingle or married to the old ball and chain, keep your light on. 
find the joy, find the peace, do whatever it takes for you to find it. Maybe it's some alone time, maybe it's some therapy, maybe it's a good old day at the spa or creating a spa at home. I don't know what's happening with this pandemic. Either way, make sure you find a way to keep your light on. Love you guys.